Acts chapter 14 and verse 19. Our theme this year for 2015 is demonstrated uh, on this uh, banner that is behind me. Revive in one five. And we take our text from Acts chapter 14, reading verses 19 and 20. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul drew him out of the city supposing he had been dead. They stoned him which was their way of execution in those days until he was motionless and then drug him out of the city the whole time. They're not being any signs of life. How be it? Everybody say, how be it? I'm glad that God's got a how be it in our life. How be it as the disciples stood round about him. They all just standing there looking at him. This beat up body, no doubt dead from all of the wounds and scars and everything that had happened with this bombardment of rocks and boulders. But as they all stood around him, he rose up and came into the city. And the next day, he departed with Barnabas to Derby. I want to speak for just about five minutes this morning, if you'll help me, on this subject. I'm not dead. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not dead. As ye have supposed. <laughs> and you may be seated. Thank you for standing. I was telling our outreach team yesterday morning, our adult class this morning, last Sunday morning, while I was preaching, I had something happen to me I've never had in almost 34 years of ministry. While I was preaching about the, the mind being the battleground, the Lord showed me a vision like I was watching a 3D movie. And it appeared over the entire back of that, where that clock and sound booth area is. And all of a sudden, I was looking around the congregation, and I was looking at a movie. I've never had anything like that happen to me, but I'm hoping it's not the last time. And in this vision that I saw while I was preaching, there was an army that was advancing from the left side. That was an army of grotesque uh, faces, looked like some sort of alien creatures that were advancing. They were very large, and they were very menacing, and... They were snarling and they were running from my left and they were coming with old-fashioned spears and swords and it was an enormous battlefield, an enormous area. They were advancing from the left and as they were running toward the middle of this field on the right-hand side was another army that was running or at least a group of people. They didn't look like soldiers per se. They had on street clothes. They also had, uh, looked like spears and swords. As they got a little closer, it was obvious that their spears and swords were were to look like spears and swords, but they really weren't. They were, they were made out of cardboard or paper mache or something. They were very uh, artificial, flimsy looking. As they came toward the front, I began to see the people that were in this army of street clothes, and I began to see faces of people in our church. And I realized that this was a battle that was happening between individuals that are in our church and the spirit world, and an evil spirit world. And as faces became more and more clear to me, I began to see faces of people I had not seen in a while. And as I looked around the congregation, I began to see a couple of individuals that were in that service, that were in that vision that I'd not seen before. And as these armies got closer and they started clashing and fighting, 
the weapons that the, the, the church, the street clothes, their weapons were flimsy. They fell apart. And these spirits, these aliens, whatever they were, I, I took it to be some sort of, a, of, of an evil force. They began to take these people. I began to see their faces. They were screaming and, 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 and shouting. And these evil forces were pulling them into the enemy lines. And as they were pulling them in, I realized that it was going to be utter destruction for these people in their faces. And immediately it stopped. Almost like somebody had hit the pause button on a video or, a, or, or, or the stop button on a video player. And immediately it stopped. And I was stuck. It was a vision just for me or for the congregation. And I began to uh, preach, as if you were here last Sunday, with a sense of urgency. Because I realized that God was trying to communicate that there is a warfare that is going on. And you may not have another opportunity. And the Lord just sort of took over in that moment. And I'm praying and believing that God changed some things from that service. Uh, But all week long, the Lord has just kept putting in my heart and in my mind that that was a vision for the entire church uh, to awaken us to the hour that you and I live in. And that is that we are fighting a war and we are fighting a vicious war against a vicious enemy. But I have come to tell somebody today that I didn't see the end of that vision. And I'm here to tell somebody, I'm here to remind you and the spirit world that we're not dead yet. We may have lost some battles and we may be losing battles this very moment. But I rise to tell this church and the spirit world that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You may have had a bad 2015. You may have been hit with rocks. You may have been stabbed with swords and spears. But I want to pronounce that in 2015, we're going to revive, devil. We're not going to be fighting you with cardboard. We're not going to be fighting you with euphemisms. We're not going to be fighting you with patty caking for Jesus. But we're going to go to war on our knees. We're going to go to war with the power of the name of Jesus. And no weapon formed against us shall prosper. I see some of you in the building today that were in that vision. And I've come to tell you right now, I don't know what attacks that you have endured this year. But I'm telling you now that this is serious business. There is an enemy that wants to destroy your soul. There is an enemy that's trying to destroy your health. That's trying to destroy your marriage. That's trying to destroy your family. And you will not defeat him with your own strength. But I've come to tell you that we have a weapon. I said we have a weapon. We have a God who is all powerful and all knowing. We have the name of Jesus. We have the spirit of God. And we've got his word inside of us. I'm asking this church to announce to the spirit world this very service that we're not dead yet. I'm asking you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps in 2015 and say this is the year of victory. This is the year that we revive. This is the year I get back on my feet spiritually. I don't care what mistakes you've made. I don't care what decisions you've made in 2014. You ought to pull yourself up right now and say but I'm going to revive. I'm not dead yet. And as long as there is life, 
in this body. I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to worship Him. And I shall not be defeated. So I say to this church, and I'm preaching to that spirit world that I saw in that vision, that you may have the upper hand at this point, but we're going to go to war on our knees. We are not going to roll over and die. Maybe the Lord will show me the rest of that vision later on. But I stand before you today to tell you that your blood is on my hands. And I'm not going to give up without a fight. I'm going to fight with all of my strength. If you fail God, it will be out of utter rejection of the Word of God. But it will not be out of spiritual laryngitis on the part of the ministry of FPC. We are going to tell you what does say the Word of God. We're going to stand on the wall and we're going to be a watchman. And we're going to see the enemy is advancing. I was telling the adult class when I was out in San Antonio a few weeks ago. I took my family on tour through the Alamo. They were telling stories about Travis and these guys that were trying to get more armies to come and help him because Santa Ana could come down, come up from Mexico and had this army of several thousand and and there was only about 180 people in that Alamo. Daniel Moon, some of them, Jim Bowie, some of you names that we're familiar with, but others just individuals that were committed and they kept asking for help and they kept sending messengers out on horses at night and trying to get help. And, and this one army that was about 400 people that was close by, uh, I think Fannin was his, the name of the general of that group. They, they said, will you, will you come and help us? And uh, he said, uh, he sent word back right on the eve, right before they were attacked by Santa Ana. He said, the army's not coming. They're not going to come. And so they said, okay. They drew a line in the sand. They said, we're going to fight right here until the death. Good God, I wish the church of the living God would get that kind of a spirit. We're going to stand right here in this Alamo, in this mission. That's what it was. It was a mission. It was a building that was originally built for the, for the sake of telling and educating the Indians in that area about Christianity. It was a mission. They said, we're going to stay in this chapel and we're going to fight. And we're going to stay right here. And I know there's only 180 and I know they got several thousand. But we're going to fight them with every weapon we got, every cannon we got, everything we got. And if we die, we'll die with honor. And finally Santa Ana attacked. And the battle waged on. And they all, all of them, except for one man, every one of them stayed there and said, we're committed to the battle. That's what we always knew as the story later on when they fought they said remember the Alamo and eventually they won and Texas had its freedom and Santa Ana retreated and went back but what I didn't know was that army of 400 people under Fannin later on just after the Alamo battle just a few days afterwards they fought that army of 400 originally were going to fight they came up to where their stronghold was and that army of 400 people under General Fannin they said we're not going to fight we'll surrender and they sent out people to negotiate. And they negotiated a settlement. 
And Santa Ana's forces came in and they said, all right, we're going to take all your weapons. We're going to treat you hospitable. We're going to treat you like fellow comrades. And we will take all your possessions, all your weapons. They said, we've got to register all your guns. We've got to register everything you've got. And then it'll all be returned to you. And you'll all go back home to your families. And they took them and they disarmed them of everything that they had. Took all their stuff, all their weapons, all their guns. And when everything had been given up, they slaughtered all 400 of them. That same 400 could have gone to the Alamo and fought with their brothers. But they wouldn't do it. Too dangerous. We'll fight them on our terms. So they tried to fight them on their terms. And guess what? They all died. And nobody remembers them. Nobody knows about them. You know why? Because they died by giving up their weapons. I want to say to the spirit world in southern Bavard County that if we die, we will not die without a fight. I'm going to fight for this church. I'm going to fight for your family. I'm going to fight for my kids. I'm going to fight for righteousness in Palm Bay and Sebastian and Melbourne and the beaches and Southwest Campus. I'm going to fight for this world. I'm going to stand up and say, there is an enemy, but greater is he that is in us. Greater is he that is in us. So my question to you today, we draw a line in the sand. Are you going to fight? Or will you just give up your weapon and turn it over? The enemy promises that he'll treat you respectably. The enemy promises you if you give up this church business, you give up your faith, you give up the name of Jesus, that he will treat you more honorably. That you're going to have wealth and prosperity. And you're going to be popular with your buddies and your friends and co-workers and everybody at your school. Are you really going to give up your weapon? Are you going to give up the power of the name of Jesus? Or are you going to use the weapons that God has armed you with? Come on, somebody's got to put on the helmet of salvation. Somebody's got to get the shield of faith. I'm coming to a close, but after spending several days with this vision in my heart, I was reminded of the Old Testament prophet Ezekiel. He saw a congregation in the vision that God gave him, and his congregation was the nation of Israel. And they were a valley of dry bones I said they were a valley of dry bones they were already dead and decaying in the vision that I saw members of this church were being taken hostage and they were being taken over into the enemy lines but I never saw I never saw not one single member of this church die. And after praying for several days and asking God about what the Lord gave me this example in the Word of God. Ezekiel also had a vision. His congregation was more than just taken hostage. They were a valley of dry bones. They were already dead and they were already decaying. They'd already been plucked of any leftover meat by the vultures and the ravens and the coyotes and what other predators that prey on dead carcasses. But God told Ezekiel, prophesy to the bones. 
good God Almighty. Prophesy to the bones and tell them to listen to the word of God. I've come to tell this great congregation of people, you must listen to the word of God. For your strength is in the word of God. And your victory is in the word of God. And the Lord told him, I will cause breath to come into you. And you shall live. The thing that came to Paul was breath. When they all stood around him, supposing that he was dead. Somehow he shook himself. He was revived. And breath came into him again. This army of dry bones. The Lord said, I will cause breath to come into you again. And I'm asking God to breathe one more time upon this congregation. I don't know what evil spirit may have a hold of your mind. I don't know what evil spirit may have a hold of your family. I don't know what evil spirit may have a hold of your flesh. I'm preaching to people in here today that have addictions in their flesh. And you don't think there's any way out. I've come to tell you, you're not dead yet. I don't care what society tells you. I don't care if there's been a doctor that's told you that you've got cancer and you're dying. I've come to preach to you. You're not dead yet. As long as there's life. As long as there's breath. There ought to be a praise in your heart. There ought to be a shout of triumph. There ought to be a victory in you. I'm not dead yet. Ezekiel went on to say, And I will lay sinews upon you, will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you. And ye shall live. That's revival. I said, that's revival. We got to revive in one five. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. I'm asking God to show his mighty hand of power in 2015. So that there will be no doubt that he is Lord. And Ezekiel said, I prophesied in 37.7 as I was commanded... And as I prophesied, there was a noise. Good God Almighty. There was a noise. You know what the enemy would like? He'd like for you to just stay silent and die a quiet death. He'd like for you to go without a fight. He'd like to try to fight you on his terms with your paper mache weapons. But if you've got a voice, if you've got a shout... If you've got any noise in you, you ought to remind the spirit world today that you're not dead yet. There's got to come a sound from heaven. The breath follows the noise. In the shout of God's people, the breath of God blows. I don't know what the noise was. 
I don't know if it was a rumbling of the bones. I don't know if it was the clatter of sinews and knees and joints and ankle bones coming together. I don't know what the noise was, but it was the noise of something's fixing to happen. It was the noise of a miracle that was on the horizon. It was the noise of victory. There was a noise, and behold, a shaking. Sometimes you got to just shake yourself. Two weeks ago on a, on a Sunday night, powerful message in tongues came forth in interpretation, and then the word of prophecy. And the word of prophecy was so strong, it still reverberates in my bones this morning and God said my spirit will not always strive with man my spirit will not always strive with man but right now you've got an opportunity if we can shake ourselves come on you've been in a spiritual stupor long enough it's time to shake yourself I'm not dead yet. Others may be standing around looking at you like they're looking at a dead corpse. But there ought to be a noise. Don't turn off the machine yet. There's a noise. There's breath. There's a shaking. There's a coming together. Oh, come on, saint of God. You got to shake yourself and you got to say, I'm coming up out of this thing. I'm going to revive in one five. This is the year of victory. Come on. This is the year of triumph. This is the year that I declare that I shall overcome. You ought not to have to be told this, but you ought to stand on your feet right now. There ought to be something spontaneous that happens in the body of Christ when the Holy Ghost is moving. But if you can't feel it, let me encourage you. Stand to your feet and shake yourself in the Spirit. Bible says that our enemy is the prince and the power of the air. I want you to prophesy right now to the wind. I want you to lift your voice. And I want you to declare to the spirit world that thinks that you're dead, that thinks that your praise is gone, that thinks that your intercessory prayer is gone, that think that you can't have any more spiritual victories. I want you to prophesy right now to the wind and say, I'm not dead yet. Come on. Use your voice right now and declare it into this atmosphere. I'm not dead. I'm not dead. I'm not dead. Oh, 
There's a great shaking. Somebody's fighting. Somebody's resisting. Somebody's telling the devil, you're not going to win. Come on, you've heard from the pastor of this church. You need to respond. You need to respond. God chose by the foolishness of preaching to save them that will believe. If you believe God's talked to the pastor, that's the end of it. Let's go. It's an altar service now. Come on, if you want to be saved this year, if you want to be revived this year, you need to come to the altar right now. 
Come as close as you can right now. Ministers, leaders, I need you in this altar right now. Come on, come as close as you can, all the way down. Come on, you've come too far to be overthrown now. God said if you'll stir yourself, you're going to live. Come on. Save yourself from this untoward generation. Come on, all the way down, all the way down. All the way down. Squeeze all the way down. God, there's not anything I won't do for you. There's not anything I won't give up for you. There's not anything I won't do for you. Come on, come on, praying more. I'm worshiping more. I'm witnessing more. I'm giving more. I will not be overthrown in the wilderness of life. Come on, young men. Come on, young people. Hands up, hands up, hands up, hands up. Come on, the man of God said he saw some of you in that vision. Your weapons were feeble. Your weapons were cardboard. He saw some of you. It could have been you. You need to get your hands up. You need a real sword of the Spirit. Come on, somebody. No education will make you smarter than your enemy. You got to have weapons of warfare that are spiritual. Come on, ladies. We cannot entangle ourselves with the affairs of this life. Come on. Some of y'all act like it might not have been you. I'd get my hands up. He saw this church. He saw faces. Come on. It's time to draw a line in the sand. We'll give up everything to be saved. We'll give up everything to be saved. Come on, somebody. We'll give up everything to be saved. Come on, would you get somebody by the hand? Would you help your brother? Would you help your sister? Come on, right now, would you help somebody? Come on, we can't be lost. We can't be lost. We can't be lost.
Your husband may not want it, but you got to want it. Your wife may not want it, but you got to want it. Your dad may not want it, but you got to want it. Come on, get your hands up. I must be saved. I must be saved. I must be saved. Come on, I must be saved. Come on, FPC Press. Come on, I must be saved. Come on, my education won't do it. My money won't do it. My prestige won't do it. Only the blood can help me. The blood of Jesus is the only hope. It's every man for himself. You ought to get your hands up. I'm going to be saved for myself or lost by myself. I'm making my decision right now. Come on, I'm making my decision right now. Let the Holy Ghost come. That's it. Come on. If you've never received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, you need to lift your hands right now. Let the Spirit of God fill you. That's what that breath is, Ezekiel. It's the Spirit of God reviving us. It's the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Come on, everybody in the building ought to get your hands up. God, refill me. Refill me. Let me be filled with the Holy Ghost again. Talking in tongues again. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. That's it. Come on. Hands up to you talking tongues. Hands up to you speaking in other tongues. Come on, open your mouth. Let the Holy Ghost speak. It may have been dry bones, but by the time the wind got done, it was an army. Come on. Now would you turn to somebody else and pray with them? Come on. Come on. It ain't even noon yet. Come on. Get somebody else by the hand. Pray with them quickly. Come on. Work these altars. Come on, gentlemen. Come on, ladies. Come on, young people. Come on, young people. That's it. Come on, ma'am. Let God fill you with the Holy Ghost. 
for talking to me today, Jesus. Thank you for giving the man of God in my life a vision about us, Jesus. I respond to your word, Jesus. Come on, come on. We're not going to reason it away. I must be saved. 